With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Engel. In football or soccer, there are rules for a ball out of play. That's exactly where we're taking you in this podcast series, Out of Play, Beyond the Rules, Beyond the Pitch, Beyond the Game. Because every four years during the World Cup, it's more than a simple story of goals scored and athletic displays. Sometimes the really interesting part starts after the final whistle. We've crossed the world to talk with journalists and passionate fans to bring you some of these stories that all have one thing in common. The World Cup. In the stories you'll hear, some of you weren't even born yet. For others, you might remember it like it was yesterday. This series, Out of Play, takes you inside eight of these tales, thanks to the people who actually lived them. You may wonder, why choose an American to help tell you these stories? Well, it's obvious. We're neutral. We're never in the World Cup. One recent November night, the bourgeois district of Miraflores in Lima, Peru, was packed. The traffic was so bad that people left their cars in the middle of the streets, which didn't help the traffic problem, as you can imagine. But nobody was angry. People shouted, yeah, because they were full of joy. Total strangers hugged. People stood on top of their cars and sang. Peruvians hadn't been this happy in 36 years. Football, or soccer as it's called in some strange places, unites people. No matter a country's situation or turmoil, when the national team is playing, people forget their differences and come together to support the players. That's the beauty of World Cup. In Peru, you can see people playing soccer in the streets, with two rocks making the goal and a soda can for a ball. In the Andes Mountains, Descendants of the native Incas play friendly male versus female matches on pitches at an altitude of 3,000 meters. Football is the most popular sport in Peru, and it brings together people from all social classes. It doesn't matter if you're from the jungle, the Andes, or the coast. When the Peruvian team plays, all become one. Now, back to that night of November 16, 2017 people were celebrating the two goals the Peruvian team scored against New Zealand. The goals meant much more than a match victory, though. The win put the team a bit closer to going to the World Cup. The last time Peru went to the World Cup was 36 years ago. The team had come close to qualifying, but just couldn't ever quite push through. The national team has played in four past World Cups. The very first edition of the championship in 1930, then in 1970 when they shut out Argentina, followed by 1978 and 1982 
when they lost in the group's round. Since 1982, a lot has happened in Peru that has influenced the national team's results. In a bird's-eye view, a communist guerrilla group named Sendero Luminoso, or Shining Path, turned the country into a war zone. The U.S. and Europe consider it a terrorist organization. Then there's Alan Garcia, who became president in 1985. His policies contributed to record inflation that dragged many families into poverty. In hard times, instead of football bringing distraction and even hope, the sport became less of a priority for Peruvians. But interest resurged when the team came close to qualifying for the France 1998 World Cup. Brazil had automatically qualified because of its victory at USA 94. The South American Football Federation, or CONMEBOL for short, had four automatic spots to fill. At the end of qualifications, the first three spots had been filled by Argentina, Paraguay, and Colombia. It was Peru versus Chile for the last spot. The decisive match was played in Santiago de Chile. Peru had 25 points, and Chile had 22 putting Peru in the qualifying fourth position for the World Cup. But Chile had a better overall goal score, meaning they made more goals than scored against them. So, if Chile won the match, the teams would tie in points. But Chile would be the one to qualify with its better goal scoring. Peru only had to tie to qualify. That was one of the most painful moments in the history of Peruvian soccer. Chile won 4-0, and once again, Peru said goodbye to going to the World Cup. Peru didn't even come close to qualifying for the World Cup in the years that followed. Some fans blame Manuel Burga, the corrupt ex-president of the Peruvian Football Federation, or the FPF. In 2014, he was implicated in the FIFA corruption case. Ultimately, he was found not guilty. However, many people still think he is guilty and just got away with it. He won't ever return to the FPF, though. Some people find it curious that as soon as Berger was out of the picture, the Peruvian team qualified for the World Cup. Tens of thousands of Peruvians have never seen their team play at the World Cup. The youngest person that has seen Peru play a World Cup is around 40. For younger generations, this is a brand new experience. Getting to today's World Cup qualification wasn't easy. There have been, of course, ups and downs in the last four years. Most soccer fans know that the CONMEBOL qualifiers are the hardest of all continents. Nothing is guaranteed until the last days of competition. And this time was no exception. In the last stages of qualification, the Chilean team claimed Bolivia had broken the rules in their tied match in La Paz. Their complaint was that Bolivia used a player that wasn't on the original list. The Court of Arbitration for Sport, known as TAS, ruled in favor of the Chileans, which gave them one more point. Peru got three points more, because Bolivia had used the same player when Bolivia beat Peru. This really boosted Peruvian hopes for going to the World Cup. They ranked sixth on the table, with Argentina in fifth and Ecuador in fourth. The road ahead looked tough. Peruvians would have to go to the highlands of Quito and beat Ecuador, something they have never done in the history of soccer. And as if that wasn't enough, they had to play Messi and his team in Buenos Aires. 
The whole country stopped that day in September. Peru triumphed over Ecuador 2-1, writing a new chapter in the team's history. With that score, Peruvians moved up to fourth position, even higher than Messi's Argentina. The showdown with Argentina was at La Bombonera Stadium. For Peruvians, those minutes were not for the faint of heart. Pedro Galez, Peru's goalkeeper, blocked at least five shots by Argentina, even from Messi. In the last minute, Paolo Guerrero, striker on the Peruvian team, shot a free kick that made the whole stadium go silent. It wasn't a goal, but it was a message. We have no fear. The game finished nil-nil, and Peru was still in the fourth position. Argentina was out of the World Cup for the moment. They would have to go to Quito and beat Ecuador to qualify. Peru would play Colombia in Lima. At that point, there were six teams that could qualify and only three spots. Argentina, Peru, Chile, Ecuador, Paraguay, and Colombia were all playing for glory on the last day of Conmebol classifications. The whole continent was watching on October 10th, 2017. The streets were empty. All eyes were on the TV, sometimes three screens, to watch multiple matches at the same time. Brazil trashed Chile in Rio de Janeiro. Argentina slid into a qualification slot when it beat Ecuador. Paraguay lost to Venezuela. So, a draw between Colombia and Peru would have qualified both teams. However, in the first half, James made a goal for Colombia. Their hope was fading, but not for Paulo Guerrero. In the second half, he got a free kick, which was supposed to be indirect, but he didn't notice and kicked for a goal. The Colombian goalkeeper touched the ball, and it was 1-1. Peruvians cheered louder than normal for that goal. The goal gave them back the opportunity to break the 36-year streak of not playing in a World Cup. The match results put Peru in fifth and slotted them for a playoff against New Zealand. The first match was in Wellington, New Zealand. The whole country was optimistic. But it didn't exactly turn out as they had hoped. A couple of weeks before the match, team captain Paulo Guerrero tested positive for doping. He blamed contaminated tea, but he was still suspended from playing while his case was investigated. The Peruvian team had to fly to New Zealand without their captain, but still with high hopes and not the kind Guerrero was accused of having. They didn't play so hot and tied a no-goal match. All the cards would be drawn in Lima on November 15, 2017. Peruvians will remember that night for a long time. Celebrations and cheers for the first goal Jefferson Farfan scored against New Zealand were so intense that they triggered Peru's and neighboring Chile's earthquake alert systems. That is not an exaggeration. That's a true story. Check it out. The second goal by Christian Ramos sealed the deal. Peruvians hugged. They cried, overjoyed to go to the World Cup. When the ref blew the final whistle, the streets in Peru were overrun with fans. The president even declared the following day a non-working holiday. The next morning, GDP projections bumped 0.5% because of the potential boost in television revenues and lucrative corporate marketing and sponsorship deals, and not to mention 
the increase in sales at bars and restaurants. But since that day, it hasn't been all joy and celebration for Peruvians. In December, Paulo Guerrero was suspended from professional football for one year. So he won't play at the World Cup. He's dreamed of playing at the World Cup since he was a kid. There's even a movie about his life story in Peruvian cinemas. Flamengo, the Brazilian team Paulo was playing for, ended his contract. He and his lawyers appealed, and FIFA reduced the sentence to six months, making it possible for him to play at the World Cup. However, in February, TAS appealed the reduced punishment and demanded a longer sentence for the Peruvian striker. So, FIFA, TAS, and Paulo Guerrero had to go before a jury. Paulo was forced to stop playing, and all his sponsors terminated their contracts with him. In May, when he fulfilled the first sentence of six months, the court decided to ban Paolo from professional soccer for 14 months. Everything went dark again for Peru. Paolo claims he was served an infusion of coca leaves, which contained benzoylic ganine, a compound in cocaine. Coca leaves are legal in Peru, and professional athletes know that they shouldn't drink it. Nobody knows for sure where Paolo consumed the substance. What was proved in court, however, is that he had not consumed to enhance his performance better, as some athletes do. But Paolo will not play in the World Cup, and there's little possibility he will make a comeback. Fans have expressed their anger and disappointment on social media. In just five days, Peruvians slashed FIFA's Facebook page rating from 4.7 stars to 1.1. They also tanked the rating of Swiss Hotel in Lima through Google reviews, TripAdvisor, and Facebook. Some claim it was the hotel that served Paolo the coca leaves infusion. TripAdvisor even had to suspend Swiss Hotel's profile since Peruvians were posting unfounded bad reviews and false comments. One commenter wrote, Very bad attention. The waiters ask for money every time. There is no security in the hotel. My laptop was stolen and my cell phone. Rooms were dirty. They don't change the sheets or even pillows. I got infected with lice. Swiss Hotel posted an official statement saying if these reviews continue, they would take legal action against Paolo. He posted a video asking fans to express themselves peacefully and without lies. On May 20th, fans took to the streets of Lima to object to the TAS decision on Paolo's case. The latest news is that Paolo will fly to Switzerland to speak directly with FIFA. Peruvian fans have gotten what they wanted, the world's attention. Many professional players have spoken out, including captains of the Australian and French teams, Peru's first opponents in the World Cup. Also, Fife Pro, the association of professional soccer players around the world, asked FIFA to revoke its decision. They say the 14-month punishment is excessive for a player that has a clean track record. Whatever happens to Paolo, fans will fly to Russia to support their team. According to FIFA, Peru ranks fourth among countries requesting the most tickets to the second phase of the World Cup. Peruvians asked for 22,000 tickets. Through a Peruvian World Cup Facebook group, fans have organized to take national instruments to play in support of the team. One of the songs is called Volveremos al Mundial, which means we will return to the World Cup.
Peruvians have sung it for the last 20 years, especially in the toughest times when chances to go to the World Cup had vanished. The song was written by two high school brothers. Their father gave them passion for the national team. Along with all the other Peruvian football fans, they hoped every four years their team would go to the World Cup. And every four years, their dreams were dashed. But this time, the brothers changed the lyrics and inserted Russia, believing that this time the team would qualify. And they were right. Many of the national team fan groups have become one big fan group called La Blanquiroja, which refers to Peru's red and white uniform. They have t-shirts, jackets, caps, and Inca hats emblazoned with the team logo. If you go to the World Cup, for sure you will see Peruvian fans from La Blanquiroja. Peru's qualification for the World Cup has brought the country a lot of joy and hope. But most of all, it has brought unity. In the last year, President Pedro Pablo Kuczynski resigned due to political pressure from other parties. Alejandro Toledo and Olanta Humala, former Peruvian presidents who were found guilty of corrupt deals in the Odebrecht scandal. The corruption case touched all of South America and even spread to Africa. The Brazilian construction company Odebrecht would bankroll politicians' election campaigns in exchange for big contracts such as the 2016 Olympics in Brazil. Humala and his wife did jail time. Keiko Fujimori, leader of the Fujimori Party and daughter of corrupt Peruvian president Alberto Fujimori, was accused of corrupt dealings, but so far her guilt has not been proven. Analysts say that even though the country's political atmosphere is very unstable, the economic ecosystem of Peru hasn't been shaken. They credit the World Cup qualification for the subsequent revenue. The World Cup qualification has brought a reevaluation of soccer in Peru. Just for qualifying, the FPF has received $2 million from FIFA and will have more when the Cup starts. The value of Peruvian World Cup will increase and players will have more lucrative opportunities to play in European leagues. The National League Soccer will also receive more investments, enabling it to buy new and renowned international players. Also, sponsors will rake in cash with their brands shown on TV around the world. No matter how you look at it, Peru's World Cup qualification is a big win for football in the country. So, on June 16th, when Peru hits the World Cup pitches, Peruvian fans in the stadiums, at the fan parties around Russia, and back in Peru will fill the air with their songs, cheering, and support the national team in a moment they've been waiting 36 years for. Out of Play is produced by Angle. This episode was written by Andres Nunes del Prado. Sound production by The in Paris, France. Original score by Roman Pilo and Max Zippel. English version narrated by David Gassman. Find more episodes of Out of Play anywhere you find podcasts and on outofplaypodcast.com.